I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service here with Steve Taylor for the end of the week news wrap for September 28th, 2019. What do we got, Steve? I listed five events that we could talk about, Mario. I don't think you've got any that you want to discuss, but uh, there's the five events that we covered, I, I feel, are pretty significant. And, um, and so we'll run through those if that's okay. Uh, the first one I want to mention is uh, you and I uh, got a great interview with Ron Garza, the executive director of the La Rio Grande Valley Development Council, and they had their monthly meeting this week. And that's the Council of Government for Willacy, Cameron and Hidalgo counties. And one of the items on the agenda there was it dealt with this new Go Explore RGV effort. We're trying, the, the Council of Government is trying to attract more tourists to the valley. And they've got this very, this interactive um, application, this app, which if you're interested in touring the valley, you can click on that and find all manner of things uh, that disproves this this phrase people say that there's nothing to do in the valley. You and I had that conversation with Ron, and he explained that um, you know clearly that that's not the case. This is a this is a, a, a worldwide interest. If you're in, into birding or butterflies, we get these exotic birds and, and butterflies that you can't see anywhere else. So with this app this Explore RGV app, they sort of extrapolated information about birding and kept and put that in a separate entity. It's still in the, the main app, but, but they've, got, they've made it even more uh, user-friendly for the birders. And as you and I know, that's in anticipation of the birding festival that's coming up in Harlingen uh, quite soon now. And I know you and I were both interested in that interview with, with Ron. Um, so we're, we're very pleased to be covering that and providing information to everyone about this, um, about the way that this Go Explore RGV, they're just making it so user-friendly for people that are interested in, in coming and, uh, from all over the world to see, to see the rare birds that we get. <clears throat> At the, the very same day we were there, we also um, connected with both Ron Garza and Pete Alvarez from the Texas Transportation Commission to learn about a new development that the regional metropolitan planning organization is working on. The MPO, you'll remember, uh, has come about this new valley-wide MPO, which is the conduit for the federal and state transportation funding. But we had three MPOs before, now we've got one. And when it started just a few months ago it just comprised Hidalgo County and much of Cameron County but now the discussions are already underway about bringing Star County, Willisley County, Brooks County and the, re the remainder of Cameron County that, are, that, that aren't in there, that, that are not yet represented by the MPO and I interviewed um, the chairman of the MPO, the farm mayor, Ambrosio Hernandez and he said he's very keen on bringing say, for example, South Padre Island into the MPO. I said to him, if that was the case, does that make, the, make it easier for this uh, long-term project of landing a second causeway to South Padre Island? And uh, he answered affirmatively. Um, 
similarly, there's growth in Star County, and so therefore Star County, if they're interested, there could be a possibility. So he's asked the staff of the MPO to do a cost-benefit analysis of that and report back to the meeting, to the next monthly meeting, uh, which will be next month. Uh, those are two of the events. The third one was an evening event. I believe it was last Tuesday when the Bishop, Bishop Daniel Flores from Brownsville and supporters and members of Valley Interfaith met in Mass Mill Pass. There was 400 plus people there. They've, got, they've launched a new ID card, a, um, a photo ID card for parishioners to use because a percentage of the population, the Bishop didn't know how big a percentage, but there's a percentage of the population in the Valley that does not have any form of ID. It was made. The point was made that this, is, this new ID card is not a government-issued card. It's not a driver's license. It's not a voter registration card. It's not really an acceptable card by that's accepted by the government. But in this instance, the cities of McAllen, Far, and Edinburgh, the police departments in those three cities have said, um, "We're going to accept this. We'll accept this form of ID. Um, we think it will deter. It will be better for." reporting crime because if you're an undocumented immigrant with no uh, form of ID and you see a crime or you're a victim of a crime, are you going to come forward? That's always been a concern of the police. So they're going to accept this new card. Uh, they got the idea, Valley Interfaith got this idea from Dallas. Apparently it's been working well up in Dallas. So that was another story we covered. Fourth story, <clears throat> very um, um, emotional uh, event really. Uh, Dr. Daniel King has retired uh, as an educator, longtime superintendent, both at PSJA and before that um, in Hidalgo. And um, he had a new college and university center named after him. Lots of VIPs were there to, to wish him well. He was there with his family. They had a dedication, a ribbon cutting for this college and university center in San Juan that's been named for him. He officially retires on Monday. And um, and as we all know, he's, uh, he's won state and national awards for, for the very innovative uh, programs that he's introduced at PSGA and for turning that school district around. As has been well reported, that school district was in a bad, in very bad shape when he took over um, and been investigated for all sorts of corruption and he's just turned it around and it's now a flagship in the valley and uh, and we know that school districts from across the country the leadership of different school districts come down to see how PSJ does what it does uh, because uh, they've they've uh, shaped they've really uh, changed state policy and uh, and national policy on on education so that was quite a neat event um Particularly poignant, I think, was Terry Canales, the state rep, gave a speech. Um, he presented uh, Dr. King with a flag that's flown over the state capitol, and he read out a proclamation. But he had, um, I know we're going to do a podcast on this event, but he had prepared remarks that had been prepared by his staff. He said, I'm casting those aside. I'm going to speak from the heart. And he, was, he gave a very, uh, very uh, warm tribute to Dr. King. So uh, we know just how much, how high 
the esteem is for for him as um, you know a legendary, iconic educator for our region. Had opportunities to go all over all over the place. Lots of people, lots of school districts wanted a prize in the way from the valley, and he stayed here. But yeah, yeah, Terry Canales was one of the speakers, and it was a very uh, poignant uh, speech. So everyone acknowledged that at the event. So that, that's the fourth event. Uh, the one, the other one I will mention is uh, this is an event. This is a group. We I covered an event with a group who call themselves the Empresarios. They are Mexican nationals that have moved to the valley and particularly the McAllen area, and uh, they've made businesses here, successful businessmen and women, and they've moved here. Uh, maybe they have been fleeing violence in Mexico in some cases. I don't doubt that. That's the case in, in, in the case of some of them. For others, you know, just uh, to, to, to live the American dream and, and work for the American dream. So, so anyway, they had an event at NIU Urban Living, which is a high-end furniture store in McAllen. It was a meet and greet for uh, what could be a potential candidate for state representative, Abraham Padron. He hasn't made his mind up yet, uh, but he had an event there and gave some remarks. Um, but what interested me was this gathering. We've reported on them before. They feel they've got a lot to offer. Um, the city of McAllen, they've got a lot to offer uh, with their ideas for improving um, transportation improving security uh, so that other Mexican nationals can come here and shop and stay and dine, etc. Uh, they, they came to the floor about three or four years ago when, when perhaps there was more violence and people couldn't come up from Monterey to visit the valley. Very important for our economy uh, that, that, that the security is there. So we're going to write about this group. We're going to... Uh, visit with them in, 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 in the upcoming weeks and do some features on their work. But they're an interesting group. Uh, they want to give back to the community. They are doing so with their businesses, but they've got ideas and they, they feel that the, the McAllen leadership and other uh, communities, other cities around the Upper Valley should, um, should be interacting with them more. So that was, I, I'd say that was the fifth item news event that we covered that would be significant for me this week. Steve, uh, one of the events uh, that you and I were at was a student panel discussion held at UTRGV. That was really impressive for me, meeting with all those kids, and you were up on the panel. Yes, I was. There were five journalists. Uh, we had a reporter from the Monitor, an anchor from Univision, a reporter from Channel 5, and a reporter from Breitbart, along with myself. And we were there to interact with the students, to ask questions. The theme of the event was diversity in the newsrooms, diversity in terms of ethnicity, diversity in terms of gender. And Steve, what really impressed me was that Professor Selva also included in the diversity element, he included diversity of skills. He says that today's journalists have to have diversity in terms of the type of skills, like they have to have audio skills, video skills, and beyond just uh, printed word skills. So I thought that was a very interesting panel. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, journalism has changed. Um, uh, the platforms through which journalists can imply their trade have certainly changed over the last few decades. And uh, like he said, like Professor Selber said, if you don't have, if you're not, if you cannot multitask and and be a sort of jack of all trades to, uh, to be able to do audio and video and text, um, then uh, you're not as um, employable. But I made the point that um, uh, the old the old ways are, are, are over now because of this digital revolution. And I was telling the students if they have skills, if they are specialists in a certain subject, they can find their own niche in the marketplace. They can develop a following if they're talented. If they if they know a subject in the in depth and they are they're good at telling a story. Uh, through different means, then they can they can make it, um, and uh, I think the Rig Rally Guardian is, is is an example of that, where we created a, our own niche in the marketplace. So, yes, it was a good event, and uh, we, we we were happy to be invited, and we told them we would be there again if they need us. Some really good questions given to us to to answer by Greg Selber, the professor, the journalism professor at UTRGV in Edinburgh. And then there were questions from from the audience, which was, I'd say, 40 or so students that most of them were interested in journalism. Some of them interested in advertising or marketing. But, yeah, it wasn't I didn't uh, include that as a news item, but it was it was really good. And in fact, we 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 are always in the market for for internships, we, we, we really encourage students that are interested in IT or marketing, advertising, journalism to get in touch with us. And we certainly would like a more formal agreement with UTRGV to take the students because you know, we've shown in the past with our program that the students get a great deal out of it. We mentor them and they do learn a lot. They get real hands-on experience with us and that's been proven with all the awards that uh, have come the way of the students that have been with us. So we're hoping that we um, we can attract some of the students from UTRGV, UTRGV to to participate. And um, I was ch- chatting to one of the students afterwards, and uh, yeah, one thing has led to another, and uh, one of the students is going to come on board, and she's hopeful. She thinks she'll learn a lot, and we do too. She she will excel. Uh, working with us. So um, that was a good program. I know you enjoyed it. Thank you, Steve Taylor. And that's the end of the week news wrap-up for the Rio Grande Guardian for the week ending 9-28-2019. I'm Mario Munoz for the Rio Grande Guardian with some public service information. Here's Rev Torres with the Texas Taxpayer Assistance Project. We all know there are consequences if you do not pay your federal tax debt to the IRS. The IRS may place a lien on your property if you do not pay your taxes. A federal lien exists after the IRS puts your balance due on the books and you forget or refuse to fully pay the debt in time. The IRS assesses your liability and sends you a bill that explains how much you owe. This is called a notice and demand for payment. Having an IRS federal tax lien on your property can affect you in a negative way. It is important to understand the consequences of not paying your federal tax debt to the IRS. And remember, 
the Internal Revenue Service will only contact you via written letter in the U.S. mail. Find out more about this and other IRS issues by contacting the Texas Taxpayer Assistance Project at 956-393-6213. And as always, at the Texas Taxpayer Assistance Project, a project of Texas Rio Grande Legal Aid Incorporated, we are here to help.